Alright, here we go. This is The Week in Wrestling, episode number four, I think. Uh, this is Jack, just me today. Uh, no Seth, no Ed, nobody else. Going to be talking about uh, the major developments in wrestling, the major events over the past week, and some of the big stuff coming up. I'm going to try and keep this a little bit more focused on a few big matches and go in a little bit more depth about those. Uh, rather than how it's started to become a little bit more of just listing off everything that's going on. Um, I think other places do that better. Um, and I'll, I'll try and make sure we always link to kind of those lists and summaries uh, when this goes out. And I can focus on talking about the, the kind of major things. Uh, the biggest event this week was uh, a pro event in Russia. Uh, uh, an eight-man tournament at 70 kilograms. Uh, the two biggest stars were uh, Ilya Spekbulatov, who uh, currently competes for Uzbekistan, uh, decided his, his path to make the team in Russia uh, was not going to work out, um, has been in the process of transferring the last year or two. He uh, I think would have been eligible for 2020. Um, he definitely is for 2021. Uh, Nevruzov, who was a 2015 and 16 bronze medalist for Uzbekistan, is working his way from 70 back down to 65, and I think the two of them will be contesting that spot. The other big name was David Baev, 2019 world champ uh, at 70 uh, for Russia. And uh, there, there were some really good matches throughout the tournament. Um, first round match, I, I should have written the names down, but uh, Shariev against, I forget, uh, but it, it was a good match. Um, Bekbulatov looked really good. He had a nice arm throw in his first match. He, uh, he was getting to legs pretty well. He um, looked pretty good on top. He was turning people. Baev looked pretty good. He was, guys were getting to his legs a little bit, um, and he wasn't uh, able to get to his outside step quite as easily. I think, especially within Russia, people are sort of aware that that's what he's going for, and they're taking that away from him a little bit. So his matches in the, the first couple rounds were like 6-4. Uh, so in the final, it was uh, those two, Bekbulatov and Baev. Uh, Bekbulatov won six to four. He had the, the kind of the turning point in the match was he hit a wizard throw for four, uh, and that was really nice. Uh, and th that basically swung the match. Uh, they each got an, another takedown, and then Baev had a couple of shot clock or step out points. Um, I don't know how much you can take away from this. How. Uh, Seriously, they were taking it. Um, I think the the biggest takeaway is just what it might mean for the future of pro events like this, uh, where they're starting to do them more in other countries. They've seen uh, the success we've had in the U.S. doing them. Uh, now they're trying to do something similar in Russia, where wrestling is fairly popular. It's got a decent level of funding. There's Obviously, obviously, no shortage of good wrestlers who are willing to compete, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see 
how this develops if, you know, a year from now when we are hopefully back to the normal tournament schedule, if the, uh, if Russia goes back to that and basically doesn't do anything like this, or if they're able to uh, keep this going. There were a couple goofy things with the production. Uh, the lighting was not very good. They were having, like, the, the wrestler wearing red would be scored as blue on the scoreboard. I'm not sure if that was some intentional th weird thing they did or if it was just uh, a mistake or what happened, but it, it was in every match, so there's clearly something going on there. Obviously fairly minor things, um, but it seemed like some work maybe needs to be done in terms of the production and stuff of the event. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can have more of these, maybe start to bring in international guys, uh, and maybe more of their wrestlers are open to coming over here for events like this. Uh, Bekbulatov was, at one point, I think, scheduled to wrestle Jordan Oliver at Beat the Streets in September. I think just because of travel issues, it ended up not uh, coming together. But hopefully that um, starts to starts to speed up. We start to see those more and more. Uh, Seth Patara from the Fight Site has a full article about this event, uh, breaking down the finals match in more depth. Um, and there's also a video at the end of that article with all the matches. Um, so if you just go to the Fight Site, it should be towards the top, probably the first or second article right now. Seth obviously knows a lot about these guys, including the um, the first round fodder type guys, and why it's not just, oh yeah, obviously he beats them. It's, um, you know, I actually took some skill to, uh, for the finalists to beat those guys, and some interesting things happen in those matches. Um, and so if you want to go more in depth into this event, definitely take a look at that article. Uh, there's also the Pittsburgh Wrestling Club 2. Uh, the headliner was Luke Pletcher beat Dean Heil. Uh, Pletcher looked really good. He's a wrestler that I like. Uh, Ed really likes Luke Pletcher as well. He went to uh, the same school as Ed. Um, we talked about this. Pletcher wrestled at the uh, the very first event of the summer, the Rumble on the Roof, uh, as well as at Senior Nationals in October. and did not look great. He looked a little bit slow and he looked like he couldn't move people out of position the way he was used to uh and tonight he looked much better he it looked like he just kind of sharpened up a little bit he was um you know able to uh push Dean Heil around he was able to get his head down and his counters were really nice he um he had a head pinch in the first period which we hadn't really seen from him before uh and then he hit uh a couple good reattacks. Uh, he had one reattack and one go behind, I think. Uh, wrestled really well. Had a, a very convincing win over a pretty tough opponent. Diamond Guilford uh, beat Victoria Francis. Um, I think that was a little bit surprising to me, um, but it, it was good to see Guilford is continuing to develop. She, I think, just finished college. Uh, she was a WCWA champ, but it looked like she had kind of a ways to go to be towards the top of the ladder. Um, it, it was a good win for her. She was getting to Francis's legs. Francis is a very linear wrestler. She kind of just moves straight forward. Uh, 
either straight front to back or up and down with her snaps, and she'll change level a little bit. Uh, and Guilford did well to kind of change direction uh, and circle on her get little angles, and she was able to get to her single leg a couple times, and she finished really well. Uh, and, and so the the score of that match was four to two, uh, but it was it was pretty uh, convincing, and it looked like something that Guilford is just going to keep getting better at, and she'll start to widen that gap. She's really on her way up. Chance Marsteller beat Evan Wick 10-0, which was surprising uh, to me at least. Uh, especially by that big of a margin, it was mostly uh, leg laces. Uh, hopefully Marsteller sticks around. We get to see him wrestle more. Uh, on the college side, um, the big duel was Iowa against Minnesota. Uh, Caleb Young for Iowa against Brayton Lee for Minnesota at 157 was kind of the uh, big match. Uh, Young won that. It was 4-3 uh, in tie breaks. Uh, a couple weird positions in the match. Uh, Young scored on like a headlock off of Lee's shot. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, the first time I ever saw that move was, I think, Carson Kuhn against Tyler Cox. Uh, and th that was a great match, and maybe I'll try and link to that one. Uh, but it, it, was, it was a fun duel, a lot of really good wrestling. Iowa obviously won uh, some good competitive matches. Uh, Ohio State and Rutgers had a really good duel. Uh, Malik Heinzelman uh, for Ohio State's having a really good year. He was a guy who seemed to be struggling with folk style and also being a little bit undersized, uh, even at 125. Uh, but he, he's been wrestling really well this year. It seems like he's uh, really put it all together. He's getting to legs, and he's finishing much better than he used to. He's getting off bottom really well. Um, so he could, uh, if if we end up having a national tournament, he could be pretty dangerous there. Uh, Oklahoma State wrestled, uh, or no, Oklahoma wrestled Iowa State. Uh Ian Parker beat Dom Demas, and uh, Jake Woodley beat Younger Bastida 12-0 were the big takeaways from that. Uh, there were also some cancellations. Um, Penn State against Michigan State was canceled. Penn State still has not wrestled this year. And Michigan shut down all activities for the next two weeks, which really stinks because we're missing Michigan versus Iowa this weekend and Michigan versus Penn State next weekend. Uh, looking ahead to next week, um, I'm not going to list everything, but uh, Iowa against Illinois should have some good ones. Uh, Max Murin against Michael Carr. Uh, Nelson Brands against Danny Bronigal. Uh And then Oklahoma State against Iowa State will have Ian Parker against Cade Brock. Uh, Jarrett Deegan against Bula Wallen. And Younger Bastida against A.J. Ferrari. Uh, there's been a little bit of a controversy about this, actually. Um, you can get all the college wrestling matches that'll be happening each weekend uh, in a couple of different places. Uh, WrestleStat, uh, WrestleStat.com has a list of all the duels that'll be happening. They also uh, have results of every match, uh, and they have uh, an ELO rating system for every college wrestler, which is really cool. 
the open mat does uh, a live streaming schedule. I've mentioned it a few times on the weekend wrestling in the past, uh, where basically every Division One college match that'll be available to watch on the internet or on TV somewhere, uh, they'll tell you where you can find that. So Flow Wrestling uh, is now doing that. They never used to tell you where you could find anything that wasn't on their website. Uh, now they don't have the rights to the Big Ten anymore. They don't have the rights to the Big 12 anymore, at least not the core teams. They have some of the affiliate members that are only in the Big 12 for wrestling, but they don't have uh, the big the high-profile teams like uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State. I, I'm trying to think what other conferences they used to have, but the point is they basically don't have college wrestling on Flow anymore. And so now Flow has decided that it makes sense to put out this article of where you can watch everything to show how they're uh, growing the sport and they're you know, trying to make things more accessible or whatever. Uh, now that it, it no longer affects them, if you're able to watch, uh, you know, a duel on a different network. Uh, but they've put it behind a paywall. Um, they've kind of been moving in this direction where they just want to have everything behind the paywall. But I think they still do some free stuff. Uh, and it's, I think it's stupid to paywall publicly available information when there's no proprietary information. There's no extra research they had to do and there's no uh, judgment that they had to make in terms of the content of the article you know there's no expertise put into it uh, there's actually very little work put into it because uh, Britt Malinsky uh, Seton Hall Pirate uh, sends them an email with all the duels he, he uh, sends it's, it's not just them it's a thing he does Sends it to basically anyone who's interested, but it's it's just frustrating that Flow Wrestling, for a long time, has not had any interest in people watching wrestling if it wasn't on Flow. And now that there's no college wrestling on Flow, they try to act magnanimous and say, "Oh, look, here's everything." In other news, there is a Summit One. Uh, hosted by the Penn Wrestling Club. It'll be on Rockfin. Um, it's actually a really good card, top to bottom. Uh, the main event is Mark Hall versus Nate Jackson, which I talked about a little bit last week. Hall has not competed since March of last year, uh, which makes me give the edge to Jackson. Um, it seems like we've seen uh, in this kind of pandemic era that We've seen that guys who haven't been on the mat in a while have struggled their first time back. Um, especially senior level guys who probably aren't doing as much uh, hard live goes in the room. Need need a little bit of time to just get that sharpness back. Maybe that, that's a dumb reason to pick a match, but that's kind of all I've got right now. They're both really good re-attackers. Um, Hall, I've written about this before, I think he struggles to get back into a match when he's losing. Um, he, he can't chase all that well. Uh, and I think that could give him problems here. The size could also be an issue. Nate Jackson is a pretty good size 86. Hall, I've always thought, is pretty small for 86. Uh, so I'll pick Jackson there. 
Uh, the co-main is pretty uh, unusual. Skylar Grote against Inas Ahmed from Egypt. She was, uh, Ahmed was Olympic fifth, so one match away from a medal. And she hasn't competed since then, since 2016, so almost five years. Uh, she didn't really compete much outside of Egypt or outside of Africa, even back when she was more active. Uh, so I don't know a ton about her abilities or the level she was on. Skylar Grote is not really a world-level wrestler yet. Um, she's, I would say, battling to be in the top three or top five domestically. Um, but just based on activity and being uh, a full-time wrestler right now, uh, and having been so for the last five years, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Grote. Uh, we have Miles Martin uh, against Max Dean. Kind of a revenge match from the 2019 NCAA semis. Uh, Max Dean had a huge upset beat Martin. Uh, I think Miles Martin's going to beat him. Get that one back pretty convincingly. Probably a tech. Evan Henderson against Anthony Artelona is a good one. Artelona uh, is a college wrestler, but Penn is not competing this year. All the Ivy League teams are not competing this year. Uh, and so they're trying to get them matches and things like this. I lean toward Henderson. He's wrestled really well. Uh, his counters have been really good. Uh, starting at Senior Nationals as well as a couple other events. Um, Artelona does, I think, have a bit of a size advantage. Um, but Henderson's pretty long for the weight, and I think he'll be able to handle that. Uh, Chandler Rogers is wrestling Jonathan Lowe or Lev. It was supposed to be Ben Darmstadt, but uh, I guess he got injured or something. Rogers is um, sponsored now by Stalemates, uh, which is a kind of meme uh, Twitter page and YouTube channel. They talk about Twitter beefs and things like that. They also uh, had good coverage of Willie Saylor's trial, the whole lawsuit with uh, Flow Wrestling and Rockfin, if you uh, want to give those videos a watch. I think Roger should win that. Um, Darmstadt would have been a much more interesting matchup, but hopefully this gives Rogers a chance to um, just do something cool. Ethan Lezak against Shelton Mack. Uh, Mack has wrestled a lot this year, this fall. I, I like having him around. I think Lezak is probably going to get on top and just roll him up. Uh, it'll, it might be back and forth, Mack. Actually, there's a good chance Mack will be winning when it happens. But then uh, if Lezak gets too many chances on top, eventually he's just going to get a lace or a high gut and get, you know, eight points and kind of put the match out of reach. Dan Valamont is wrestling against Branson Ashworth. Ashworth uh, wrestled at Wyoming. He hasn't wrestled a ton of freestyle, but he was a really exciting folk style wrestler. Uh, he actually had a couple wins over Chandler Rogers. Um, Valamont was definitely better than Ashworth a few years ago, uh, but he's kind of over the hill at this point, so I, I really don't know how that one plays out. I'll, I'll take Valamont, but he might just look super slow and old. Mitch Feinsilver is taking on Yasmin or Jasmine Fulka from Canada. 
Fulka was, um, he wrestled at the RTC Cup uh, with Cornell, which was interesting. He, uh, we're starting to see this a little bit more. Um, international wrestlers coming to train in the U.S. Um, a couple Canadians now train in the U.S. Um, Iowa State has kind of been leading that. They have uh, Bastida from Cuba. They were trying to get Echemendia from Cuba. They have... I can't remember his name, but um, an Eastern European guy training with them, uh, and it's it's interesting to see that um, you know for a while the U.S. has kind of been off doing its own thing because we have the collegiate system with both its own rules uh, and also its own calendar and its own funding system, and it's completely different from uh, the international system. But now. You know, we do have, you know, good wrestlers and good coaching. And we're starting to see the U.S. system try to become better adapted to freestyle. Um, you know, coaches and RTCs trying to make freestyle more of a priority. Uh, and I think that's made it easier for international guys to come in. Uh, and also, those teams and coaches have made it more of a priority to bring in international guys. And I hope that continues. Uh, Mitch Feinsilver wrestled pretty well at uh, the tournament in France last week. Uh, I'll take him to win that match. I don't really know how they match up. That's It's kind of a guess, but I'll take Feinsilver. Uh, ben Hannes is wrestling against Scotty Boykin. Boykin wrestled uh, one year at Ohio State. I'm not sure if he's still there. He's more of an international styles guy. He's good in Greco. He's pretty decent in freestyle. Hannes had one really good U.S. Open in freestyle, and he's been kind of iffy since then. Um, I'm going to pick Boykin here. Um, I haven't done enough research on these. That might be a terrible pick. You could probably just look at their results and have a good idea who who's just kind of on a higher level. Uh, but just shooting from the hip, I'll take Boykin. Uh, in the, the last match, I guess it'll probably be the first match. Uh, the, the sort of lowest down on the card is Demetrius Thomas, uh, who wrestled uh, the other day uh, at the Pittsburgh event, taking on Mauro Carrenti. Uh, Thomas has not wrestled all that well uh, since college. He seems like he's made a bunch of dumb mistakes. He just kind of has lapses during his matches where he... Uh, will just put himself in bad position on a shot, and then he'll get put to his back. He's He just needs to kind of tighten things up a little bit, and maybe that's just he needs more experience. He was fairly late to life, uh, late to wrestling uh, in his life. He didn't start until high school, uh, and hopefully he's able to kind of fix some of those things. He's He's obviously a really good offensive wrestler. He should be able to just run through Carrenti. But uh, Carrenti is good enough to make him pay if he does something dumb again. Uh, so hopefully Thomas just takes care of business. So one last thing, um, sort of a development in the wrestling world. It's, it's not an actual match, but on the Flow Wrestling Radio Live podcast, uh, which Ben Askren is on along with the actual Flow Wrestling employees, 
uh, Ben, I guess, didn't know they were recording. It was like before the show, but the mics were on or something. He let slip that Flo was in talks to buy Track Wrestling. So Track Wrestling is a wrestling website uh, that does... Uh, th their main thing is um, tournament software. So if you are having a wrestling tournament, you just enter into the computer all the wrestlers. You tell them how many mats you have available, and it'll just create the matchups for you, and it'll say, okay, first match of the day at this weight class, it's going to be this person wrestling this person, uh, and then on the other mat, this person's going to wrestle this person, uh, and then you, you input the score uh, and the winner, uh, and then it'll, you know, advance them in the bracket, and it'll tell you, okay, now they're wrestling this person on this mat at this time. Uh, Flow Arena uh, is their competitor for that. As a fan, Flow Arena is much easier to use, uh, much easier to follow. Track Wrestling currently charges tournaments to use their software. Flow Arena uh, basically does the same thing in terms of uh, hosting tournaments, um, you know, assigning mats, uh, storing all the results. Does not charge. Uh, you, you can use their software to run your tournament for free. Uh, but the other thing they do is uh, a, a results database. So Flow... Uh, so, so track in a lot of states has a monopoly on results where the state athletic association or whatever requires you to put your results into track wrestling and that is their central database for all the high school wrestling that's happened in their state that is freely viewable to fans right now flow I would guess wants to take that over um, they've been complaining about this for years, about the monopoly. Now they're obviously trying to take over that monopoly, and instead of you know increasing competition, they would uh, bring it back down because the two main competitor, the two basically only players in that field, Track Wrestling and Flow Arena, uh, would be merged. Uh, and there is a fear that Flow would charge for those results would make you subscribe to flow wrestling just to be able to see the results of events i don't think that is necessarily going to happen but i think it's a legitimate concern um for a little bit it looked like flow was going to have some struggles uh, and maybe that is what triggered all this is a bunch of events went to Rockfin, uh, and people started realizing you can put your own stream out there much, much easier now. And for an aggregator like Flow, who's going to, I guess maybe the better word is bundler, who's going to bundle all these uh, streams together, you know, all, you know, every uh, college team, every pro card, you know, and we're going to sell you this package where you can watch all those things and paying rights fees to all the teams uh, for a while was kind of the only way uh, things were going to go. 
then teams started realizing, oh, we can just do our own stream and just sell it directly to the fans or do it through Rockfin, where we're going to get paid in proportion to our views. They hopefully are getting paid more money. Uh, you can also tip the wrestlers or uh, the, the channel directly on Rockfin. It looked like that was just a better alternative for a lot of teams. Uh, and Flow has responded really aggressively. They have put on the RTC Cup. They're putting on a lot more events. They just got the international rights uh, that track wrestling had. Uh, so Flow now has uh, the rights within the U.S. to all United World Wrestling events. Uh, so like the World Championships, uh, Continental Championships. To watch those from a U.S. IP address, uh, you have to pay Flow Wrestling. You can also pay ExpressVPN. So that's just uh, kind of a developing story I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, just the future of wrestling streaming, wrestling video, wrestling information generally. And if you're going to pay for that, who you're going to have to pay for that, and how much. A couple other things. Uh, we've added uh, a new podcast to the Fight Site Network. It is called Stupid Points. Um, it's much more entertaining than this one. It's uh, two former college wrestlers who know what they're talking about, but also kind of just goof around on the air. It's a pretty fun listen, but you can also learn some things from it. Uh, so give that a listen. Their first episode should be out uh, by the time. They've, they've done episodes in the past, and you can go to Stupid Points uh, on your podcast app and find their back catalog, but they're going to also start publishing under the Fight Site banner. And the first of those new episodes uh, should be out by the time this comes out. Uh, so go check out Stupid Points. Go check out Seth's article. I do not have any articles coming out this week. Uh, if you're interested in any of the wrestling, I'll link the, uh, the Open Mat streaming guide. Uh, Summit 1 will be on uh, Rockfin on Friday night. So um, th the day this comes out. So hope everybody has a good weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.